This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. No easy way to transition to Kevin Rogers of Vegas Insider on the GetMyPhoenix.com guest line. So we, we, that's true. We can do that. There's a, that's the one, the best segue we probably could. Or we could just talk about Blake Corum and what that means for Michigan, uh, Kevin. Because you know we're having this discussion. You know, last segment, it's like Michigan. Now you you lose somebody that is the the focal point of your offense. I mean, at literally the worst time, they're still 17 point favorites, obviously against Purdue. But the bigger test will come in the college football playoff. It will, and uh, good to have, uh, good to be on. I was like, good to have you on, even though I'm on your show. But, uh, but no, with that Michigan Purdue game, I like the total more than the side. Uh, I mean, you have some. It's unbelievable in the Big Ten and the SEC that you have over two touchdown favorites in those games. You'd think they'd be more competitive, but unfortunately, they're not because the circumstances, the way that the conferences are set up. You know, you'd have Michigan and Ohio State play again if it was up to everyone, but or at least Penn State maybe, but Purdue. They're the sacrificial lamb, it feels like. But as far as this game goes, I do like the total in this game, and I do like the under, and a, a couple reasons why. I know you mentioned the quorum injury, but uh, Michigan's defense has just been outstanding this year. I know Ohio State scored some points in them, but Ohio State scored points in everyone this year. But Michigan State has allowed 17 or less 10 times this year, and they're playing Purdue this week, not Ohio State. So obviously not as many weapons on Purdue as you have uh, with Ohio State. But also, too, I, I want to give you guys a good number here that uh, I, I know trends are your friends until they're not. But in the last five Big Ten championships with totals above 50, the under has gone four and one. So this total of 52, I believe it is on Saturday night. I 51 think this and a, a low now. scoring game. OK, 51 and a half. Last year, we saw Michigan blow out Iowa. They held them to three points. I think that this game. Michigan could score. They, they could win this game thirty-one to ten against Purdue, and uh, I think I just get out of there, get to the college football playoff, and start all over. I think that uh, the under is the play. I just don't trust laying this many points in a game like this. But also, I really don't trust Purdue. Though Purdue's been a decent underdog under Jeff Brom. I still think that uh, the under is probably the best uh, play out of all of them. Oh, Kevin, moving over to the SEC championship game, and I was looking for a way to target Georgia, but if you missed them on the opener, I feel like the spread's gotten a little out of control. I was looking at the first half. It was 9.5. Now we're up to 10. Jaden Daniels is going to play in this game, man, but I just I don't see how LSU is going to stop the run, man. They're outside the top 80 in EPA per rush, and I think Georgia's going to run all over them. How would you target Georgia, though? Would you go full game? Would you look at maybe the first half at 10? Is there a total you like in this game? What would you do in the SEC title game? The one thing I like, and it's kind of like the the Big Ten, where it's just so many points to lay. You don't want back doors. LSU, I mean, they could put up something late, but I really dug deep on this one. And again, you know, if it works out, fantastic. If it doesn't, then you shrug your shoulders. But 
I like the under of 10 in the first quarter uh, between these two teams. And when you look back, at least isolating the SEC games. So eight games for LSU, eight games for Georgia. And you take out you know the, the games at a conference. Obviously, LSU passed Florida State. Didn't play a lot of great competition outside the SEC. And for Georgia, they played Oregon and... I mean, Georgia Tech isn't very good, but also a couple other cupcakes. So looking at the eight SEC games, LSU, amazingly, six times this year in eight SEC games was held scoreless in the first quarter. In the other two games, they scored three and seven. So they have one first quarter touchdown in SEC play this year. And the seven came uh, against the Gators at the Swamp. Now, Georgia, on the flip side, for as good as they are defensively, they allowed zero points six times. And they had a couple times where they scored 14 in those games. I think it was four times they scored 14 in the first quarter. The other four was three or less. So the defense has been very good in those games. I believe they allowed three points in the other two games in the first quarter. So I think this could be a grinded out first quarter. Now for the game, obviously, you know, we all think Georgia is going to run away with this thing. But you got to remember, guys, that with uh, Georgia, they still lost this game last year to Alabama. That, uh, you know, it's not like, oh, they just walk right in and everything is fine. That LSU went from a big favorite last week against Texas A&M, a game they really, I'm not going to say they didn't care about, but a game that it didn't matter if they lost. They put up a bad performance. Now, all of a sudden, you're getting a ton of points in this game. I mean, if you were to say game, I'd maybe lean LSU. I don't love it at all. I mean, I look for Georgia more in the first half than for the full game. But maybe, I mean, again, Shaden Daniels. If Jaden Daniels can be somewhat decent, they have a shot, and LSU has the weapons. We know how good Georgia is defensively, but I just think that with this situation, there is, in a sense, a little pressure on Georgia from the standpoint of A, now you got to try to repeat, even though I think a loss still gets them into the, the Final Four. But they didn't win the SEC title last year. They had a bad performance against Alabama. So now they want to get that elusive SEC championship. And they lost to LSU a few years ago. Granted, that was the Burrow team with Jefferson and Jamar Chase. And they were totally loaded. No one was beating them. But I think that uh, LSU full game, but I really love under 10 in the first quarter. So obviously TCU has been a monster against the spread so far this year. Uh, we just keep trying to figure out opportunities to fade them. And it turns out being bad almost every time. 9-2-1 <laughs> and one against the spread. Uh, two and a half point favorites to Kansas State. Uh, obviously under that key number is sort of interesting to me. What do you think about this one, Kevin? Do we just keep riding TCU until the wheels fall off? I think you have to. I mean, why not? At this point, not to say TCU has more to play for than Kansas State. I mean, Kansas State obviously wants to win the Big 12, but they're not going to be in the college football playoff if they win. But for TCU, you've made it this far already. You beat Texas on the road. You had that last second win at Baylor. You destroyed Oklahoma. Uh, you beat Oklahoma State in overtime that you've had everything. Everything's worked out for them this year. And I think that just the last straw, finish it off. You got it right in front of you to get in the college football playoff. I don't know how far they'll go in the college football playoff. TCU is probably never getting to this point again, that uh, playing virtually a home game at uh, AT&T Stadium, not far from Arlington to Fort Worth. I mean, K-State will bring fans too. A lot of people look at that first game and say, okay, Kansas State was up 28-10. Adrian Martinez got hurt in that game, and TCU's had a lot of luck that there's a lot of teams they played that had backup quarterbacks in or the starting quarterback got hurt at some point in the game. But uh, K-State was up big the first time. I don't think TCU's going to fall behind them like they did the last time that they played. And, yes, Kansas State's had a great season, and they've made a lot of strides over the last few years. But I think here TCU 
finish it off that, look, I took Texas a few weeks ago when they played TCU thinking, look, this has got to be over with sooner or later. They ended up beating uh, Texas in that game on the road. I went against them when they played Baylor. Baylor should have beat them, but they ended up winning that game. They just keep winning these games. So I figure two and a half. Why not just keep riding them at this point? It's not a crazy number to lay. So I think TCU here uh, will end up beating Kansas State and advancing. Talking to Kevin Rogers here, BetMGM tonight. Uh, USC is a two and a half point favorite against Utah. They lost to Utah earlier in the season. Does USC cover win this game? And if that's the case, then we look at them, you know, obviously in the college football playoff. If the rankings stay where they are and they see Georgia in that first game, does that offense give them enough to even give Georgia and that defense uh, a, a competitive game if they play them? USC is such an interesting uh, team just because the beginning of the season, they had all those uh, takeaways and it feels like, you know, they're a team that really has taken advantage of other teams' mistakes. And the problem I had with USC, at least for most of the season, even before the UCLA game, was they beat up on a lot of teams in the Pac-12 that weren't very good, that they beat the likes of Stanford and uh, Arizona. And I think it was uh, Arizona, Arizona State that they they beat. They mm-hmm. avoided uh, Oregon. You know, they beat Utah in that game, a game that, or I mean, Utah beat them rather, but the they were up big on Utah, lost that game. That's their only loss of the season. Utah was favored in that game. Uh, Oregon State gave problems. And we saw Oregon State come back against Oregon last week. Oregon State gave USC problems earlier in the season, but USC won that game. And uh, even the UCLA game, UCLA, you know, they gave the ball away at the end of the half, and uh, UCLA couldn't finish them off. USC's been a great story this year. And Lincoln Riley, you see how good of a coach he is. He goes right there. I mean, Grant's got a good quarterback, but USC had been bad the last few years, and now they're on the verge of the college football playoff. That being said, you know, USC, again, was a dog the first time against Utah. Now they're laying points here. Pressure's on them to get to the college football playoff. And Utah, I mean, when you look at some of their uh, their hiccups this year, they should have beat Florida back in week one. And granted, that was a non-conference game, so it didn't affect them in this spot. But, uh, but Utah's still a pretty good team. They almost had Ohio State in the Rose Bowl last year. I personally like the under in this game more than the side. I just don't see... They made no adjustment on or barely an adjustment on the total in this game. And you had, what, a 43-42 game the first time around. It was 66. You had 85 points. Now it's 66 and a half, 67. I think that this one maybe goes the other way. And, yes, USC can score at will. But Utah's had their moments this year where, at least defensively, they've been all right. And I think after that high-scoring game, maybe it goes back a little bit. I mean, both teams could be in the low 30s, and you still have an under. So I think that that is one that I like more. Uh, but at the same time, my biggest issue with USC is, yeah, they had some good wins down the stretch, you know, beating Notre Dame at home. They, they beat them pretty soundly, but I just didn't see where USC had wins against great teams. Uh, they didn't play Washington this year in the Pac-12. Again, they avoided Oregon. So, you know, for USC, again, if, if they cover, fine, but I could see where maybe it gets reversed here because Utah at least has been here before. Uh, Kevin, what are your thoughts on the ACC title game? Because I feel like nobody cares, but North Carolina, man, I just haven't been a believer all year, and Drake May pretty much carried them all season long, and now the last two weeks he's only completing 57% of his passes, which makes sense against North Carolina State, but against Georgia Tech, and that game cost me a lot of money because I was on their win total under four and a half. Are you just laying it with Clemson, or what would you do here if you had to bet this game? I'm not, I mean, for, for a side, I'm not a huge Dabo Swinney fan. Like, yeah. he's a great coach. I mean, I don't love some of his uh, off-the-field stuff and all of that. But but that being said, 
Clemson, you got to remember, was still undefeated in the ACC. They lost to Notre Dame, and they blew a 14-0 lead to South Carolina, a South Carolina team that was greatly improved this year. And Spencer Rattler, that was the guy that you thought could have been up for the Heisman at Oklahoma. He played well for South Carolina. So they ended up losing two games this year out of the conference. The ACC was not good. Miami, you saw how down they were. Florida State improved, but also I don't think they had any uh, good wins inside the conference. When you look at North Carolina, Losing to Georgia Tech's inexcusable uh, at the end of the season, seeing how Georgia Tech struggled. They fired their coach earlier in the year. And then NC State, rivalry game, lost in overtime. I can't really destroy them for that. But seeing how Clemson, and, and granted, Clemson's not far from where they're playing, and North Carolina's closer to Charlotte. I get it. There's not much of a home field advantage either way. But Clemson's still laying this number. I still got to believe in them. If Clemson get good play out of the quarterback position, then they have a good opportunity to cover here. I actually like Clemson in this game. I think that this is kind of the, you know, after what happened last year, they went nine and three, that if they could finish this one off and win the ACC after not making the ACC championship last year, maybe this is one that they can kind of get back on track a little bit. Granted, you're not going for the national championship. You're not going to be in the final four, but kind of finish off the season on a high note. North Carolina is not playing well. I think Clemson can bounce back better than North Carolina. So I do like Clemson in this game. Really quick, we have about 30 seconds. You do a Miami Dolphins pregame. Uh, what are your thoughts on this weekend's game against the Niners? Dolphins plus four uh, in San Francisco. It's tough because you know why they played the last five games against not great competition. You know, when they when they play Houston and Cleveland and Chicago and Detroit and Pittsburgh, those are games they should win. They did win. Now you get the, the Niners, the Chargers, the Bills on the road coming up. This is a very tough game. I know Mike McDaniel's facing his former team that he coached, but uh, I don't I mean, I don't love the side in this game. Uh, I mean, I'd say the Dolphins maybe stumble here. Uh, look, you're stepping up in class big time against San Francisco, and the Niners can really separate themselves from the Seahawks and the NFC West. San Francisco is probably the side. I don't love the game, but the Dolphins will get a reality check possibly this week.